For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Psalm 139, 13 through 15. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Luke 12, 6 through 7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why even the hairs on your head are numbered? Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. Titus 3, 5. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something today. I was thinking about it because I'm, I did this interview and it's with my brother and sister-in-law who I love very much. Um, and we'll go into depth on what they do and everything like that. But a lot of people I find wrestle with self-worth. And, and you know, I, I don't think I'm exempt from that as well. But wrestle with self-worth, that you're not good enough and things like that. And a lot of times that transfers over into thinking that we are not uh, worthy to God, um, that that God really doesn't love us, that we're not we're not good enough for Him, kind of thing. And if you really think about it, in all actuality, we're not worthy of God. We're not we're not on His level. We're not you know on His up to His standards, up to code for Him. But here's the great thing about it: look at the verses that I just read. God does not look at you as an oops. God does not look at you as an inconvenience. God does not look at you as a mistake. God values you. And I don't know about you, but for me, that really hits home because a lot of times people in the world will make you feel totally devalued, uh, as though you have no worth. Um, and you know what? They, You might not have worth to them, and you may not have worth to you know, clubs or whatever. But let me tell you something today. You can take rest, take heart, just just, just rest in the fact that you matter to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You matter because he says here, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He is the one who made you. And the beauty of it is, is that it's not as though he took like some excess clay and I got some stuff that I don't know what to do with this. What would, should we pitch it? No, let's just make a leftover and piece it together. No, no, no. That's not it at all. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator God wants to come alongside of you and partner with you. And he wants to win your world for him. And he wants you and needs you intimately involved in this plan. See, he he has to have you uh, a part of this because, see, if I try to go into your world and be you, it's not going to work. And you come into my world and try to be me, it's not going to work. See, he wants you. Otherwise, he wouldn't have created you. He didn't just create you to fill space. Um, you know, a lot of times, I know on like papers when it's been like an essay, um, you're writing all of this stuff. You're trying to do like, 
you know, triple space or two and a half space, and you're making the font like 12.5 and all of this stuff to try and fill space on a page for this essay. That's not what God did for you. He didn't go, I've made all the significant people, but I got some space to fill because this world seems just kind of open and, and bare. So let me go grab some some clay or grab some whatever and, and piece together enough people that I can just populate and just, no, he didn't do that. You have a purpose, you have a plan, and that plan is to win your world for Jesus. And... I really, I, personally, I'm just talking on a personal level. That makes me feel so valued. That makes me get up in the morning. That makes me understand that my existence, my time here on earth is not in vain. It's not about me even. It's all about him. And I have to live differently because of that, right? I have to live differently because... Um, when I start to look at the things that I do, the people I talk with, the actions I take, that then has meaning and purpose as well. Everything I do affects somebody. And so in looking at that and keeping that in mind, the Almighty looks at me and goes, I want you. I want to partner with you. Man. Man. I don't know about you, but to me, that's amazing because I'm a peon. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm less than an entry level. I'm not even an intern in the kingdom of heaven. I, I, you know, I just, but yet somehow, some way he looks at me and goes, there's value there. There's value there. I, I, I need you to go into your world. I need you to talk about, I need you to go and win them. I need you to go and I need you to, to be who I made you to be. And that's a follower of the King of Kings. That's so significant. I just, I can't get over it. It just, just blows me away. I, it excites me. Um, and people out there a lot of times a lot of times we'll look at it and go, oh, man, I don't really I don't really matter that much. I mean, you know, he's he's God. <laughs> Why would I matter? You do matter. You do matter. He talks here about uh, sparrows. He takes care of the sparrows. You ever seen a bird without a shirt on? Of course you have. He gave it feathers. He gives it a place to live. He gives it food. And you matter more than that. I love the idea that before I was created, God looked down and he said, I'm going to need someone to be married to this girl. I'm going to need someone to go into this job place. I'm going to need someone to step into this church to fill this role. And I'm going to make this guy, this girl, to fill this role. Now, whether or not they choose to do that is on them. I'm giving them free choice. I'm giving them free will to do that. But I am going to make them for this purpose. Man, that's got to make you feel good. If you're having a bad day today, let me tell you. Let me brighten your day up. The creator God, 
that speaks when there's nothing and then there's something. That God wants to step inside of you just to take over you and to win your world for the kingdom. Because you matter that much. You're important. You're significant. He needs you. He gave you free will to do this. And it's our choice whether to accept this, to take it and run with it, to be all in, or to totally reject it. And that's such a huge choice. How can we ignore that choice? How can we turn our back on that choice? But how often do we? So we have worth. We have so much worth. Now, I'm saying all of this because my guests today are Albert and Brittany Fishburn. They're my brother and sister-in-law. I love them so much. Um, It's never a dull moment when they're around. Um, They're ridiculous, and I love them. But they are house parents at a place called the Palmer Home. And what they basically do there is it's like a modern-day orphanage almost, if you want to call it that even. But a lot of times, a lot of these kids will wrestle with the self-worth because their parents either cannot take care of them, don't want to take care of them, and they may drop these kids off and they got to wrestle with the self-worth issue. Let me tell you today, you have that worth. You matter to God. And that just to me is amazing. You cannot be replaced. There is no one else like you. (sighs) To me, that's awesome. That's just awesome. So, as we start today, we start the show, as we look at these things, know that you matter to the Creator God. Love it. Love it so much. I know you're going to love this interview. So let's start the show. Yes. <laughs> you got me straight up tripping, boo. You dipping and dapping and don't know what's happening. They was grabbing hankies, waving blankies. They was running them aisles up in there. I respect your opinion, but you're wrong. He's the man that stole my sister's heart. He completed me. He's the man that if you ever want to be right, please do not debate with him. Give Give it it up up for Nick Jones. That was a fantastic intro. Um, Thank you so much. We have Brittany and Albert Fishburn with us today, and I also have a special co-host today, um, Brittany's sister, my wife, the vivacious Kendra Cable Jones, or just Kendra Jones. Vivacious. That's a compliment. Thanks, babe. It is a compliment, because you're a hottie with a body. So, um, (laughs) we have them with us today. Uh, We're very excited, Um, and one of the reasons we have them with us today, again, because you guys know we talk about ministries that are not um, normal, they're outside of the box, they're something different than Sunday and Wednesday. You guys have a little bit different ministry 
Tell yeah. us, why don't you guys tell yeah. us what you do? You want to start? We are house parents at a children's home called Palmer Home for Children. All right. And what exactly, what you, it's, it's a house for children. What, but what is it more so like, what do you guys do there? How do the kids get there? Why do they come there? Do they come there on their own? What, what all happens there? What is a house parent? That kind of a thing. Well, imagine this. Imagine you raising your family and you having dinner around the table and you going to church every Sunday or you have to go and take your kid to the doctor or yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it's kind of the same concept. We do that every day, 24-7 for these kids. And these kids come from, um, they come from different backgrounds um, other than uh, your normal kid or your normal child. These kids could be abuse. They could be sexually abused. Um, they could be homeless. Um they could live with a grandma, a grandpa, an aunt, and uncle that just, um, in their time in life, they just can't afford to take care of the kids. Um, and that's where Palmer Home comes in, and um, we love them as they are part of the family. I think what what stands out when he says, imagine you doing this with your family at home. What the um, house parent caregiver does is they manage the home, but they step in as a parent for the children who don't have parents. Sure. So, so, so you have kids that are coming from these abuse situations, um, or the families that might be low income, or just might not be able to take care of them. So, the families then bring them to you. It is a voluntary placement home. Yes, okay. that's correct. And what all happens with that? Can they come back and get them whenever, or do do they sign a contract that Palmer Home? keeps them for a certain amount of time how does that work yeah there is a placement agreement um and at the beginning and the house parents don't really have anything to do with this but the parents they'll go over guidelines they'll sign a little contract but because it is a voluntary placement home they can come and get the children at any time unfortunately um but that you know restitution and forgiveness and reconciliation is all part of God. And so you hope that happens here. Sure. It doesn't always happen, but you hope it does. You pray it does. And if it doesn't, then they still have a home at Palmer home. So you guys having the children in your home, have you guys ever had, you know, a parent who has come and gotten their children? And I know you can't say names and that's fine to be confidential, mm -hmm. but, um, have you had an instance where a parent has come back to get their child at all? Uh, we've been, uh, house parents slash caregivers now for going on five years and in those five years we've had several kids that's went home went back home with their parents in some situations it's been okay because they needed to be back home with their parents sure but in other situations it was not a good case and it's it's heartbreaking because they're going back into that environment that they weren't, that they didn't need to be in in the first place. So how do you guys as house parents deal with that? Is there something that they have in place there as far as, um, you know, someone to talk to for you guys, a counselor of some sort when you guys have had that child and you're investing in their life and then they leave, how do you guys deal with that as a home? Um, fortunately, 
our campuses have, you know, they have therapists for the children, but they also have directors who are therapists who are open to talk to you. And that has been our case. We've been able to talk with them. I, I believe though, when you go into a ministry like this, um, it's really where the calling comes into place because you have to go in knowing for sure that God has called you to this because you're going to be faced with some very challenging situations. You have to go in with boundaries. It's a love that is very deep and very risky knowing that these children are not your own. And at one, at any given time, any day they could be gone, but you still have to love them knowing that that could happen. It's truly an unconditional love. It's the same as way God loves us unconditionally. You can't come into this and think that you're, going to be doing a babysitting job because it's it's more than just um it's not a babysitting job you are actually being a mom and dad to these kids that's never had a mom and a dad and you you love them unconditionally as they are your own um and in our hearts we believe they are our own even though you know we're not their biological mom and dad so that's got to be really difficult because you are basically um you're loving these kids as though they're your own, but they may, number one, they may not love you back. It's true. Um, either at all or as a mom and a dad sort of thing. Uh, and two, at any moment, you know, you're putting your heart into these kids at any moment that can just be ripped out. It's true. So, okay. So you said it was a calling, which I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with this. When did you guys know? When was the, did you guys have like an aha moment that said, yeah, we're supposed to do this, um, or was it a gradual thing, or how did this happen? Um, you know, because we've heard differences on different people that said there was one set moment I knew, and then we've heard from other people that it was a gradual thing. So how did you guys know that, yes, we need to go be house parents? Yeah. Well, we knew that we were going to be in a ministry together um, probably two years before we actually moved to Mississippi. Um, as far as the aha moment for house parents that I had, I actually had an aha moment a couple weeks, maybe a month before Albert received his aha moment. Um, but the Holy Spirit actually told me we were going, but he also told me that I couldn't be the one to tell my husband that he had to be the one to tell him. So I sat back and waited. Um, it was hard because there were many times where Albert would say, we're not going, we're not going. And I had to be like, okay, we're not going, we're not going. So my aha moment came in a week before we actually went out to interview. We went went to interview September 16th, 17th, and 18th of 2010. So my aha moment was the weekend before that. So you just kind of had an aha moment that you're moving to Mississippi. Or what, what happened before this? How did you know about Mississippi? Okay. I'm going to jump in here real quick because um, it, it's very it's very touching kind of how this – it's a, it's long, but you have to bear with me. Our youth group from Anderson First Church of the Nazarene had went there and did a missions trip, and um, they did everything that a house parent was supposed to do, um, cook, take them out to events. Um, they wore everybody out, and it was a fun time. So as they were leaving, um, they asked if there was anything that they could pray for. And they wanted uh, a ni- a good set of house parents is what they were in need of. So they come back from the trip, and there was a couple ladies there that had been praying about it for several weeks, and they had approached my wife about it. And um, 
Brittany, you know, kind of looked into it and got the information and different things like that. So then we started praying about it. And then, like she said, we did have the uh, interview, uh, the interview in September, but I was still in denial. Um, and I think the biggest thing that uh, changed my my heart and my passion about things was um, I had a talk with uh, Brittany's father, and um, he just told me to to kind of um, when God's calling you, you want to go for it. You don't want to wait because you'll regret it later on in life. So I prayed about it, and I felt like God was telling me that he didn't want just a little part of me. He wanted all of me, um, and kind of the rest is history because as soon as I told Brittany we were going to accept house parents, it was like dominoes. Everything fell into place. Yeah, but I guess you kind of have to go back to maybe not the aha moment for house parenting. We, we got an aha moment for house parenting, but where was the aha moment that God was calling you somewhere? And so that would have happened the summer before, so 2009, um, Al and I, we were driving an hour to church one way, so two hours on the road to church to be part of a ministry up in Anderson, Indiana. We were up there every weekend. We absolutely loved the ministry. It was an outreach ministry, and that's where our hearts have been. And we really heard God say, sell the things that are in your home. And both Al and I were like, okay, well, maybe he's wanting us to move. Like, we felt like he was moving us, so maybe he wants us to move to Anderson, be closer to our ministry up there, right? I mean, God does things that we think he's going to do, never something that we don't think he's going to do. Um, and so we went ahead and had a, a garage sale, and we sold everything. We had just our bed, and somebody gave us a couch that we could use to sit on and then just trash it when we were done. It was a very old, like what you would find in like a 1970s home, like in your grandparents' home. It was orange and velvety. Nice it was and, <laughs> Nice and musty. Yeah, it was. Um, but we had it to sit on, and we had a TV, and we had clothes. And that was about it. We didn't have anything else in our house. People thought we were crazy. They did not know what we were doing. All we knew was we were being obedient, and that's all that we knew that we needed to do so we and we got our house ready we had the group of friends from our church come out and they painted our house helped us get it clean we redid the flower beds all that stuff and um then we got the news from the the youth group about the possibility of being house parents and so i believe that god was preparing us then when god said when God said, sell your things, get ready to move. I'm not going to tell you where, but I'm going to tell you to do it. And he wanted to see if we'd be faithful and yeah. if we would do it. So do people like think you guys were crazy? Yes. Doing so? <laughs> I mean, what it was their reaction and how yeah. did you guys explain that? Well, many people were like, you sold everything? Like what? Why would you do that? And all we could say was we had to be obedient. We had to be obedient to Christ. He was calling us somewhere. We didn't know where, but we trusted him enough to know that wherever he was calling us, he was going to be there with us when we got there and that he was going to walk our every step. I mean, he ordains all of our steps. So we knew that he was walking with us every step of the way. So if we were obedient, he was going to be faithful. And he was, you know, it was weird. I mean, that's faith though. You know, faith, you take steps, not knowing exactly what's going to happen, but you know, God is going to be there no matter what happens. And that's really where we, where we were at in the whole situation. So <laughs> that's just, that's just nuts to even think about just packing up everything and being like, you know what? Garage sale, whatever we got, you know, if you want it, <laughs> um, no big deal. We're just going to live on a musty couch in our bed. <laughs> And uh, 
which we <laughs> which we left house. we left the bed when we moved from the house oh that's good we took one bed with us you took one oh how many beds so. did you have you had two we had two beds okay we just took one just took one <laughs> we left the couch the musty couch <laughs> that's so nuts that's too cool though and it's true though when whenever we um answer the call we don't always know what it is but like you said god always goes before uh, and he's preparing the way he's he knows conversations that'll happen um, arguments that might take place different things like that he already knows what's going to happen there so but so when you guys are house parenting uh, and you're at Palmer do you guys have like an apartment that's there that's separate from the kids or how many kids are typically in a house how do, how do like what's a typical day for you guys a typical day at Palmer Home. If there is such I don't know a thing. If we can do just a typical day, but we'll try to. We'll try to. Well, l- let me just explain that um, we work twenty-one days straight, twenty-four-seven, um, and we're we are in uh, primary care of seven kids in each one of the cottages. Now, um, what they have found out is that eight is a good number. Anything over eight is. Um, it's tough for house parents, especially for house parents that have their own children, um, just because you're you're balancing uh, you're balancing all these kids' lives, and you know, like I said, they they come from uh, different walks of 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 the earth, knowing where where their families and stuff have have brought them from, or where they've been. Um, so, a typical day at Palmer Home um, is. You know, they get up for school. Um, you got to get them up, uh, make sure that their rooms and stuff are, are cleaned and, you know, get them breakfast, pack their lunches. Um, they go to school. Um, and then during the day, um, house parents, uh, dads, house dads usually do uh, maintenance around the campus. We're in charge of a 210-acre property, and of that 210 acres, 155 acres we have to cut. Um, so house dads do that. Housewives do other things inside the house or uh, throughout the the campus. And then our children get home about um, three thirty or so. And usually you're you're doing homework or you're doing counseling or tutoring. And then you're trying to get dinner together. And then you got sports. And sometimes you've got four or five kids that are in those sports so you're running back and forth to schools and it's like a juggling act oh it, it's more than a juggling act <laughs> um the stress level is is there um it's but it it's all worth it because you just don't know how much time you have um with these kids sure. um and it doesn't matter if you have them for a week or you have them for three to four years um you're planting a seed and you know you're just praying that uh, you're being that uh, light to these kids and teaching them about Christ that one day they'll be able to break the cycle that they came from and, and be somebody in this world. Yeah, we really want them to get out of the victim mentality and see that they're overcomers, that their identity is not what has happened in their life. Their identity is who Christ has made them to be. Sure. And that's really our goal as caregivers at Palmer Home. Now, is Palmer Home, is that a faith-based is like I mean I I know that I'm sure that there are, are a lot of different places like that Palmer Home where you guys work is that like a faith based or just a specific denomination mm-hmm. how how does that work um, you know Palmer Home started in 1895 um, and they, they started strictly really through the Presbyterians mm-hmm. denomination 
But uh, in the last several years, they've gone more non-denominational. So they're a Christian faith-based children's home. They don't just use that word Christian. A lot of places will use the word faith-based or Christian just, you know, so it makes them look better, I guess. But we actually are faith-based as caregivers and house parents. We're required to take our children to church to teach them about Christ. We have a whole child initiative where we focus on their emotional, their educational, their spiritual, and their physical mental um, areas of their life. And um, they, you know, they ask that the caregivers and house parents do devotions that we lead by example, which is Christ. So they can also lead by example. So we are faith-based. That's cool. Mm. So um, how long do the, the children typically stay there? I mean, do they stay there you know, I mean, do you, like, what's the youngest and what's the oldest? Is there ever like a expiration? Can they be there till they're 42 years old? How, <laughs> how long are they typically there? Right. Well, we don't we don't discriminate against age. We've in our home, we've had as little as an eight month old baby um, and all the way up to 23 years old. Um, and they can, you know, they can come and go. Like I said, the parents can come and get them at any given time that happens. You know, it's happened in our home several times. We've had a total of 20 or 21 kids in and out of our house at one, at any given time. Um, but they can stay until they graduate uh, high school and Palmer home helps them go to college. If college is not right for them, um, they'll give them other options, you know, work program, job corps is an option, the military, but they're always welcome back. You know, we have an older girl who has graduated college and she still comes back and she's considered alumni now. So you're still, when you're in the Palmer home family, you're part of the Palmer home family forever. Indefinitely. That's awesome. Um, so there might be somebody listening out there now that here is hearing this and going, wow, that sounds like something that I could do. Um, or maybe me and my spouse could do it. Um, typically to be a house parent, um, do, are they looking for someone who is married? Are they looking for someone who is single? Uh, does it matter? Uh, is there an age, whatever they typically look for? How, I mean, I'm sure it varies house to house, but for you guys, do you know typically what they're looking for? Well, you have to be married to be house parents or relief house parents. Um, you have to be married over a year, um, year to three years. And um, I would say that um, you can go on our website at palmerhome.org. Um, and then you could go over the uh, different things that they have to offer as far as being like a volunteer or a prayer sponsor or um, there's different things that you can get involved with um, if you want to be a part of Palmer Home. So you said relief house parent. What exactly is a relief house parent? Sure. As Albert mentioned earlier, as primary caregivers of the home, you are on 21 days, 24-7. And then you have a relief where it gives you five full days, two half days, um, time with your with your spouse and your biological family. When that happens, you have a set of relief parents that come in and they just take on the same responsibilities that that care, the primary caregivers do. So typically they'll that's their whole entire role is to provide relief for each 
like they'll have a group of cottages that they go to typically. That's correct. Like on our campus, Palmer Home has two campuses. The one that we're at is in Hernando, Mississippi. And the original one that started in 1895 is in Columbus, Mississippi. Our campus have, they has, um, it has, sorry, three homes right now. And we are in the process of an, of an expansion. We're funding for that, hint, hint. Um, we, are, we are funding for that. There is a need. And we are in corporate funding right now. The one in Columbus has six homes. Five of them are currently open. So that, that campus has two sets of relief parents. Our campus has one set of relief parents. And our set of relief parents will rotate in and out of each of those three homes. Cool. Cool. So you said that you guys are like raising funds to go towards improvements, to go towards buildings, stuff like that. Um, how can you give if there's somebody out here that wants to give towards this cause? Right. You, um, as Albert mentioned earlier, you can visit our site, palmerhome.org, and there'll be options for you to be volunteers, be financial volunteers. It would give you phone numbers you can call. And, um, and then also you can call, call the phone number that's on there and ask, you know, ways that you can send your money. Um, if you want to come out as a work group, you know, you can call the office and, and do that as well. So, okay. We typically like to have people, I mean, some people feel like they get their call like later in life or it might be somebody like a young couple because you need to be married. Might be a young couple or something that is looking, listen to this going, yeah, that that's starting to more sound like something that possibly that we could do. Um, because you guys have been in this for a while, is there any advice that you would give somebody, maybe advice that has been given to you when it comes to ministry or maybe even to life or um, something that you've learned along the way? Anything like that that you we always like to have advice on here, and I I know I it helps me. So any advice you guys would like to give? Well, I want to backtrack with you um, before you, we get into that. Uh, there's a few things that we've left out um, that we probably should have mentioned about. We do have a, a ministry called Jonah's Journey that Palmer Home uh, is involved with, and we've got um, another ministry that they're getting into with human trafficking. But Jonah's Journey is a awesome awesome ministry it's where um, women that are incarcerated um, they come in and instead of the kids going to the state um, they have caregiver families set up for these kids to go to and that's another way of getting involved and that's um, it's similar to foster caring but it's a caregiver you know they're going to come out and do home studies and different things like that but it's 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 a way to get involved and it's just another opportunity to help children. So you guys have like partnered with this other ministry. Yes, we have partnered with them. um, But Jonah's journey and Palmer home uh, now are one. So it's Jonah's journey is still going to carry the name, but it's Palmer home. um, And they are starting. um, They're working on another facility in Alabama. So, you know, they're, you know. So Jonah, Jonah's journey, where's that? at? Is that in Mississippi also? No, that is in Nashville, Tennessee. Good. All right. So do we want to go to what Nick had asked about? Uh, maybe some advice, advice that you guys have had? Sure. Or? Um, I think, and it sounds so cliche, but it's true. Um, ultimately, you have to make sure that your spiritual life is right. If it's not right, then it's not going to work. And I think that's with any ministry. That's with any marriage. That's with anything in life. Um, one of the best things that was given to me was about 
a year and a half before my dad passed away, he asked me to teach a Sunday school class and he, it was about forgiveness. And he said, you know, Brittany, the best thing about, for, about forgiveness is the cross. And when you look at the cross, you see the ultimate form of forgiveness. And when you look at the cross, you have, you know, your, the up and down and the, I never get this right, but you have the horizontal and the vertical. Horizontal is across, across and vertical is up and down. Thank you. And so if the vertical is not there, then the horizontal is not going to be there. And that is how it is in this ministry. If if I'm not right with Christ and my husband's not right with Christ, then there's no way that we're going to be good as one. And then the home life is not going to be good as one. So we just try to really focus on our spiritual life and then each other and then our home life. And so I believe that that's probably been the best advice I've been able to give people coming in and that was the best advice given to me as far as this ministry. It's challenging. You are, your back is against the wall a lot of times because again, you love, you want to love them. You don't know how long you're going to have them and you want to love them so deeply, but you also know that they're not your children. And one day they will love you and the next day they will hate you. Um, They have a hard time trusting. It takes a good year to a year and a half for these children to trust you. And so, um, you have got to be able to say, okay, God, I give it to you. I'm giving you all of these burdens. I need your strength. We need your strength to be able to do this together. So when we are faced with something, we're not going to throw our hands up and be like, okay, that's it. We're done. We just walk out of them, out of their lives. So I would imagine a solid prayer life would absolutely be big in this ministry, yeah. any ministry, any ministry. Really yeah. But you know, in this ministry, your social life, it's really kind of non-existent, unfortunately, which, you know, is not necessarily an awful thing. I love my husband and I, I know that he loves me. Um, At least you hope. Right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but um, Albert just made a gag, a gag motion. Good thing he's a so. jokester. But no, um, it is non-existing. But you need, you need a so you do need a good solid spiritual social life. You need people that you can go to, people that you can say, "I need you to pray with me." People that you can, you know, you have to be careful. You can't share stories because there's some confidentiality that you can't share with them. But you have to be able to say, you know, just pray for us, pray for them. Pray for our home. Pray for this situation. You need to be transparent. You need to be real. It needs to be authentic. What these children need in life is authentic, real people who are going to love them no matter what. People have turned their backs on them too much. Because they'll probably see through it. They, they know will what see fake through looks it. Like. They do. They've seen fake. They've had yeah. to be survivors. And so they come with some kind of survivor mentality and they'll see right through it. And so you have to be real. And that's, that's all they're looking for is somebody just to be real. Do you, you, you want to say something? <laughs> I know advice? I talk. I tend to talk a lot, but no, I think Brittany summed it up pretty well. Um, you have to be real with these kids. Um, you can't come into it as um, temporarily because they're going to see right through it. Um, you're going to have to be spiritually strong in this, um, and you're going to have to count on your your partner, your spouse, your best friend to pick you up because there's going to be days when you're down. And yeah. that, that, you know, which is probably one of the reasons they need house parents to be married. Correct. Because yeah. for a single person, I would imagine this would be very trying. And at the end of the day, you don't have your husband or your wife to go to and just go, wow, today was really hard, you know, exactly. or, or whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. And that is important. And, you know, it's I think what the most amazing thing is, and I've said this a lot when we've been interviewed is that 
in this ministry, I have seen a side of my husband that I never knew existed. And to me, that's beautiful because I didn't see it otherwise. But I see a a true man who loves deeply. And I didn't know that that was there. And so when you see him with, when I see him with the kids, um, I'm kind of an emotional person anyways. But when I see him with the kids, my heart is happy. Um, Because again, these kids, they're just... They're looking for people who are going to love them when they fall, when they mess up, when they make mistakes, because they've had so many people leave them. And yeah. so we just remind them every day that there's nothing in this life that you will do that will make us stop loving you. There's nothing. And that is, to me, a reflection of Christ. I mean, how many? Sure. think about your life. How many times have you let him down? You know, I can, I can count on both hands and my feet. And if I had extra, all the many times that I've let God down and have turned my back on him, but he was always in constant pursuit of me. And I want to be that reflection to our children. And my husband does too, where we want to show them that no matter what they do in this life, we're going to be in constant pursuit of them because we love them. You know, we want to see them succeed. Give us a time. Okay. So have there been times where it's just been kind of crazy or funny like what what has been one of the craziest times you guys have had being house parents or like the funniest thing that's the, happened or that's just happened at the home so with all those kids i mean there's <laughs> got to be some crazy story out there well i mean i can tell as far i'll tell you like crazy busy schedule life cuz i like to give kind of like not just all the happy and the you know the sweet parts of it if you're looking to to be in this ministry, I think you need to hear all aspects. So let me give you a crazy part of scheduling. We were probably there two years and we had eight children, nine children in the home at this time. We've had 10 before we've had 10 in our home before and Palmer home really likes to have all the children involved in extracurricular activities, which is great. We want that too. But when you have nine to 10 children and every one of them is involved in an extracurricular activity it's it's really crazy and so there was one time for probably four months straight where literally the kids came home I packed up a van Al packed up a van he took four kids I took four kids he packed some sandwiches I packed some sandwiches threw some chips grabbed a drink and we left and he went one way and I went the other way and we did that for probably four months straight where we just didn't really see much of each other we weren't together as a family and that was pretty crazy all the kids would fill it I had a flat, I got a flat tire one night, had no idea how to change the flat tire. I, you know, I'm driving this big 12 passenger van. What am I going to do? And all the kids are like, oh no, we're stranded. And out of nowhere, some really awesome guys came and helped fix the tire. And then we did talk about that night because I wasn't going to go home and cook some meals after I was already like frazzled because of my flat tire. Um, but things like that, ha- that's happened with crazy schedules. Do you have some crazy stories? Uh, I got the best crazy story. So um, this happened about six months ago. Uh, we're sitting in a staff meeting, and our human resource lady um, comes in and says, hey, you guys need to practice fire and tornado drills. I'm thinking, hmm, okay, you know, that's no biggie. We do that. Well, that following Monday, this was a Wednesday, and we went through the weekend, and then that following Monday, Brittany and uh, our, our daughter goes to a women's Bible study, and I'm stuck with the boys. So I thought that, you know, I normally grill. I don't do casseroles or anything like that. But I thought I'd be try to do a casserole. And instead, uh, one of my boys put um, um, parchment paper on a pan and stuck it underneath the, the oven part. So I, as I'm cooking a casserole, 
the parchment paper catches on fire and then catches <laughs> the kitchen on fire. So, um, needless to say, uh, I put the fire out with the fire extinguisher, and we had our fire drill, and it went well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so there was an actual fire for you guys there was, there was fire an actual drill. fire, fire so there was drill. really no drill involved. there wasn't a drill <laughs> oh, there was a we drill. got the drill part but what was funny was i get this text message kitchen is on fire and that's it and i'm what? freaking out like you could say we all are okay the kitchen is yeah, on fire that. that's wow but, i mean I, you know you're talking about stuff that yeah you know, this just stuff that happens in a normal life it does it does happen and sometimes though um the funny thing is and this is this is not funny. The fire department came. The fire marshal guy came out there, <laughs> and we cook on gas stoves. And typically, 95% of uh, stove fires, most people will try to put water on it, or they turn and walk right out of the house. Oh, no. Um, I grabbed the fire extinguisher and put it out. I was less than a minute away from it reaching the gas line. Oh. oh you're a hero. Well, yeah, maybe God. But, <laughs> but you know— our first several months, Al and I were really nervous. We don't have children of our own right now, and so we were really nervous coming into this. And we had, we just had two boys at this time. We were sitting at the dinner table, and Albert sits down in the chair, and we're all trying to like break the ice, like what can we talk about? And all of a sudden, we hear crack, boom, and and two of the boys and I look over, and Albert had hit the floor. The chair <laughs> broke out from underneath him. <laughs> That's an icebreaker for you, right? So the oldest boy, the oldest boy really liked that. And after that, honestly, we could not quit laughing. We could not quit (laughs) talking. It was pretty funny. We've had moments (laughs) like that. We've had, you know, we've had silly kids that are just really clumsy and fall out of chairs just because break fingers because they're going sledding on the back of a pickup truck in the grass. I mean, we're down in the country, that so sounds safe. it's very Who's safe. Driving this truck? Maybe some of the house dads, maybe not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have little boys who love Elvis and they will sing like Elvis, dance like Elvis. I mean, they will just make you crack up like crazy. Well, yeah, because um, you guys are near Graceland. So we that are. Makes sense. There must we're maybe be 25 minutes Elvis away. Influence there. Right. Nice. Right. <laughs> We have all kinds of stories. I mean, we have, you know, we've we've taken our kids on vacations. We've gone to Chicago. And we had three little kids at the time. And you guys have been to Chicago. It's extremely busy. I mean, on the sidewalk, it says 3,000 some people have lost their lives because they ran out into a busy street. I mean, it's there. And they tell you to be careful. So we bought these backpacks that had these little, like, leash quote unquote leashes they're not really leashes but we want we want to protect the children but the people there did not like that they were like i can't believe those people would put those kids on those little leashes who do they think they are and i'm thinking your sign right here says three thousand some hundred people died in the street you know these kids mean so much to me but you know you just we've had fun we've had moments like that one of our oldest boys to this day swears that lake michigan is an ocean and he doesn't know how an ocean can be in the city it's a lake but he thinks it's an ocean because he just has never been up there and never seen anything like that before. So it's like Michigan's an ocean. (laughs) So when you guys, do you guys ever take any trips like as a whole entire, like the Palmer home completely? Do you guys ever, is there ever any outings as the Palmer home or anything like that? Uh, Yes, we do. Um, For the last seven years, we've been going to Disney World. Because Um, a wonderful anonymous man sends us. Wow. Correct, and it and it's the whole entire Palmer Home organization. So that's like Columbus Campus mm-hmm. and Hernando. Wow, that's correct. 
And we do, we've been, for the last three years, been getting together as a campus one, one time out of the year. It's called Campus Combo. And so we get together as a campus for that, which is fun for all of us to get together because we're three hours away from each other. So it's good for all of us mm-hmm. to come together sometimes. And this year on the 25th of June, it's our 120th anniversary. Wow. And so we're celebrating that plus our Radiothon that we do every year and Campus Combo. And it's called the Big Event. It's what it's called this year. So that's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you guys being here today. Um, you guys were doing a little bit earlier, which is totally fine. But um, do you guys have any shameless plugs, any ministries you want to talk about? I mean, obviously, we've talked about Palmer Home. Um, any websites, anything like that, or anybody you want to say hi to, anything like that? Go, I'd say go for it. You got the floor. I would just say if you're interested in getting to know a little bit more about Palmer Home, again, check out our website at palmerhome.org um, and then Jonah's Journey um, is another ministry um, and just remember to pray for Palmer Home yeah and we just like to tell everybody hi um, from Columbus and our Hernando families also something again Albert hit on it briefly we believe that God is opening the door for Palmer Home to be part of the human sex trafficking industry and rescuing all these innocent women and so we have several friends that are part of that I just like to kind of throw them out um R3 movement, you can find them on Facebook. They're a new ministry for human sex trafficking. And sure. then Express Express Missions International, um, they're part of that too as well. And they go overseas and they help pull these women and little children out of the human sex trafficking industry. So I like to kind of throw that out there as well. Awesome. And just well, pray. Thank you so much for being on the thank podcast. We, we really appreciate it. You complete me, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Exactly so, from hello. He completes me too. Don't worry. I yeah, I just am shared. I, I am bought by bulk, so I, I'm able to be shared, I, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, well, we really appreciate you guys being on here. Um, we'll have all the links and information in the uh, the episode section, and you guys can check it out. Um, go and, and look at it, and at the very least, please be praying. Um, it's awesome ministry you guys are involved in, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening in today. Don't forget to check us out online at LegacyHelms.org or any of our other platforms such as iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Player FM. Please subscribe and write a review for us. We want to hear what you have to say. If you need t-shirts for your next big event, we've got you covered. Visit us on the website and click on the t-shirt quote page under t-shirts. If you would like Nick or Kendra to preach at your next retreat, revival, or camp, fill out the contact us form online under preaching. If you want to send us an email and get in contact with us, please do so and send it to legacyhelms at gmail.com. And as always, remember, don't let your meat loaf or your mop flop.